Hello, loyal listeners. Welcome back to episode 210 of the Alamo Audible podcast, Big 210. This is your host, Jared. I'm joined by my co-host, Adrian Butis, who's throwing up the triangle of toughness on Zoom. What is up? 210 triangle of toughness, baby. That's what's up. Culture pillars. We don't violate them around here. 210 triangle of toughness. <laughs> we violate more culture pillars than anyone. Man. Let's go. Hey, hey. Easy there, Tiger. <laughs> respect the triangle. Respect the respect the three culture pillars and the fourth we're, culture we're, pillar. We're damn sure disrespecting uh, the basketball program's culture pillars. <laughs> I don't know if they have For any sure. culture pillars to. Yeah, maybe that's problem. In the first place, there's no the, the pillars crumbled long ago. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, the pillars were like popsicle popsicle sticks, you know. We're building we're building a new Rome here with the football team and with the baseball <laughs> team and with the tennis team and with the golf team. So it'll get there. It'll get there. We'll see what happens. Well, for episode 210, and I just had to remember to turn my stopwatch on for this episode because we're really worried about the length of this one. Uh, we wanted to do something really special for this episode with it being the only time we'll have a 210 episode for the podcast. Countdown City 210. Yeah. What up? So 10. We had this crazy idea. I think on our last episode on the Republic of Football feed, we said that we would do top five players from San Antonio. And then, you know, I sat down Monday night and I started thinking about it. And I'm like, that list is too easy. Like, there's no debate about it. It's cut and dry. You know, because you got pretty much five guys that are NFL or borderline NFL already talents, right? So, like, I just didn't think it would make it for a good episode. Sure. I so, I hit up Adrian this morning. I was like, man, like, do you have any ideas? And he was like, all right, let's do something crazy. Let's do backyard style seven on seven football of only San Antonio area players. And I said, Adrian, you beautiful, beautiful soul. <laughs> One of the best ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> So now in my mind, I have like the old video game backyard yes. football yes. like graphics with like UTSA players. With designed. UTSA players on it. I was like, man, if yeah. only we had a few more weeks, we could have ran this through Aaron. I know. And we could have, I know. We, we the, could have branded this whole thing. The video game but, cover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's yeah, what we're we talking about. We couldn't I mean, sit on the upset too long. Dude, we're talking about Saturday afternoon, middle of spring. Boys haven't been playing. Call each other up like, hey, dude. Let's go to the practice field. Let's yep. toss the pigskin around. Next thing you know, a couple text messages spread yep. around. And now the other school's guys are there. Yeah, we're yeah, here. Yeah. Another school's showing up. And now we've got enough guys to run sevens. Let's go. Uh-huh. So I was actually going to ask you, like, growing up at spring, did you have, like, everyone meets up at, like, one of the stadiums and, like, sneaks in. And you have these big, like, cross-school games. It sounds like you did. What spring ISD was a massive thing for uh, for Westfield kids to go to the spring ISD. Well, spring ISD is uh, spring high school is where the spring ISD stadium was. Yeah, the shared one. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, Leonard George Stadium. And that is where everything would take place, go down. I don't know. I feel like they just had it open. You could go over there and, you know, run the track, work out and stuff. Because it's in the middle okay. of the burbs, in the middle of a neighborhood, right? And... And every once in a while, and like back, like whenever I was first getting into high school, probably the years right before I got into high school, it was really a thriving thing where all the guys would go from different sports, from, from band, from, I mean, from class, just for, I mean, everyone would go and they would play full on tackle mm-hmm. football. 
no pads. And, you know, there's legendary stories of dudes, you know, breaking arms and breaking legs, <laughs> getting down out there. And oh, then by man. the time I got there, it wasn't like super regularly occurring, but it happened. It happened. We yeah. had those every couple times a semester where they would pop off. And yeah, dude, it was a huge deal at, at spring for guys to get out there and get it in notepads, old school style. And you would have huge turnouts, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. there'd be 30 freaking guys. Yeah, two, two games, right? 25, 30 guys out there. And then other, I mean, most times it was pretty tame. You know, mm-hmm. you had 12 dudes show up, maybe 15, 16 dudes show up. But sometimes it got massive. Sometimes you had 25, 30 guys there. Yeah. Those, those are yeah. the good old days. You know, I think that... That's one of the things that uh, I think is great about bachelor parties is like it's the only time you can get like eight dudes together to play like some large pickup sporting game. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, growing up in Victoria, like of course, like the public school kids and the private school kids would meet up and play seven on seven and stuff. But oh. sometimes like the kids from the small towns surrounding Victoria would drive in. So you would have like Goliad pull up. You would have the kids from industrial high school in Inez pull up. Um, I don't know if Port Lavaca would ever drive in from Calhoun what High School. Up. Oh my gosh. But yeah. And, and those would get pretty heated, right? Because everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. Those are good times. Well, it's crazy how coordinated these things would be. I mean, it would be such yeah, a I large mean, before scale. Before social media, bro. Before social media, before the time of just regular, uh, constant communication with all of your peers. A lot of these guys that went to these other schools, you know, you, you weren't following them. You didn't know them like that. Yeah. He probably knew their names because of the field and met up You're a couple times with them girls. over the years. Yeah, that sort of thing. Well, and then there was the forbidden fruit, right? You always wanted yeah. to meet the ones from the other school because they looked different. <laughs> right. so that yeah. was always cool. And But man, dude, it was it was crazy how coordinated those would be and how many people would actually show up, how big those would get. And uh, yeah, special event, special event, neighborhood football game. So now that we've kind of set the scene a little bit, for maybe people that didn't grow up playing these big, like inner city seven on seven games, middle of summer, everyone's meeting up at Heights or sorry, hero stadium on the North side. Is that where our game's going to be set at? I mean, we could stick it at heroes. Cause I feel like that's uh, the most plausible. Like there's always, it seems like people there doing some sort of something on that field. Cause uh, if you're coming from the East side or like near dude, UTSA, that's like the middle ground. I also like sticking it right there in the middle of town at the historic at the rock Alamo stadium. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But a lot of these, a lot of the players that I think are on this team heroes would be more appropriate because I think we're talking more burbs. (laughs) Yeah. Most of these schools are on 1604. Outer San Antonio, greater San Antonio area. Yeah. Yeah, They're not going to the rock pile to play any of their games on Friday. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, picture in your head, right? Um, rules of the game. You have to be from a school in San Antonio or what we've determined to be greater San Antonio. Mm. Cities that we or towns that we included in our selections include Converse, Cibolo, Spring Branch to get Smithson Valley High School in, mm. and Medina, Medina Valley. Now, keep in mind, I mean, there's obviously other towns and suburbs and stuff that didn't have a player make our list of like not like draft pool or whatever. Those are just like out of the list that we put together. We had to like cross some out because they were too far. We were trying to be geographically and culturally culturally. correct with our greater San Antonio determination, with the lines that we drew, with our gerrymandering. So so two, uh, two towns got gerrymandered out. The first one, Bandera. So Andrew and I were kind of shocked when we looked on Google Maps because like in our mind, it was like Halotus 
Bandera. Like I, I swore right it was there. right there. I could have sworn it was right that's there. Not, that's not what's going on on the map at all. Bandera is too far. So Cole Hubble got removed from the pool. Sorry, Damn. Cole. Damn. Sucks. Damn. Uh, New Braunfels, we also took out. There are a couple of guys that you could probably put on this list from New Braunfels. And while it is very close to San Antonio, it is right there next to shirts where Frank Harris is from. Culturally, it's not it's not the same. The argument that I made to Adrian, having grown up in a small town, is like when people say, I'm going into town, what does that actually mean? When people in Spring Branch and Medina Valley say they're going into town, quote unquote, that means they're driving into San Antonio to go shopping or get their haircut or whatever. When people in New Braunfels say it, they're driving into New Braunfels, right? That's my that's my thought process at least I'm not going to SA. yeah new brothels is own functioning hub and yeah i think if uh, you associated the people of new brothels as residents of san antonio they probably they'll probably disagree with you for yeah. the most part yeah i don't think Maybe. they'll push back super hard but i i think that new brothels is established enough where people feel comfortable telling someone like from Dallas right. that they live in new brothels right once upon a time i think that was the case yeah but now yeah, I think people would consider new buffers. Right. So that that's the selection process as far as the, the players available to us, right? These mm. are the guys that are in Frank Harris's contact list on his phone that he can Very key good. nine text back in the day uh, uh, to get everyone to meet up. Stop it. So <laughs> dude, the nostalgia is kicking <laughs> You can smell the pellets of turf. Um, stop it. As far as rules go, it's seven on seven. We have a designated quarterback. Frank Harris is the only quarterback that will be throwing footballs. All time, if you will. All, all time. time QB. All time, all time QB. QB. Okay. Uh, but Adrian, before we hit record, I told you I was going to ask you an unplanned question on air. If you had to pick another quarterback to be the other team captain, you can't pick Frank. Who's the other San Antonio area quarterback you pick? Just going up. Well, going off of our San Antonio list that we have here. You can include a town that's not on our current list if you can make the argument for that town to be included. No, I don't think you can. Not talking like quarterback-wise. Well, there there is an an- a correct answer to this question, but I wanted to know if you would get it right off the jump because it's hard. Like San Antonio, for, for whatever reason, UTSA has not recruited quarterbacks of San Antonio well. Frank is the clear exception. Sure. But there's a guy... There's a guy's name that escapes me, and I feel like there's, I know. Yeah, there's an obvious answer. Gosh. But we miss him because UTSA didn't recruit him out of high school. That's Josh Atkins. Josh Atkins. Atkins. Oh. Yeah. We didn't recruit him out of high school. Mm-mm. He came transferred from New Mexico New State. New Mexico State. That's right. Yep. He's from Spring so, Branch, Smithson Valley, right? Right. 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 Son of a bitch. Yeah. Yep. But uh, we missed that <laughs> planning this podcast. So we're going to roll with Frank, all-time QB. Um, I, I feel like that makes it more fair, too, right? For, like, one team to win against the other. I think it's more correct as well. Yeah. Right? We can't but, just be shout throwing... Out, shout out to Josh. We can't just be throwing names on the all-time list for the sake of filling out positions. And so yep. it's true. It's true and it's just. And, yeah, Frank, all-time. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be fair. Right. A thousand right. percent. So okay. Frank Harris is all time. He's mm-hmm. off the board as far mm-hmm. as putting together mm-hmm. the, the seven on seven. Yeah, we will, we will not be drafting Frank. He, he's automatically put on both teams. And then there's one caveat as well. Each team will have a rotation piece as well. Uh, so you've kind of got mm-hmm. your utility guy that can come in and uh, play it up, play, play a skill position, give to, to give the runners mm-hmm. some rest. Yeah, right. 
Uh, we are requiring three linemen and four skill players for both teams. Oh my god! Everyone's playing both ways, right? Linemen playing both ways, skill position players playing both ways. And as we draft guys, or maybe after we we have the teams finalized, then uh, we can kind of talk about where, what position we see them playing on the other side of the field. I think would be really interesting. Jared, my question is: After this, are you going to code out an NCAA type simu- <laughs> simulation for us? Dude, to to I wish. Man, run I, this I just, seven on seven through. <laughs> I wish, dude. My like my time has got like since I bought this damn house, my time has gotten so constrained that if you would ask me this two years ago, oh yeah, dude, it would have been a done deal. I'd have those rosters downloadable. It'd be all set. Dude, I'm now but seeing no. the, the Jared UTSA simulator, and it's literally you can put together any UTSA roster of any UTSA players of all time at UTSA and run them through a game together. <laughs> and it's just there for just absolute DGENs to just go crazy on filthy. I think Jared's put it on his to do list. <laughs> no. his, his uh his bucket list, I should say. Yeah. Okay, did we miss any rules? I think that's pretty much everything. No, I think we laid it all down. So we've got Frank at all time, seven on seven with the rotation piece as well. So each team is going to get eight guys drafted. Uh, Before we jump into the draft, let's get into the actual draft pool, Jared. Yeah. So our selection process was, of course, we want to get the best players, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Long-time readers slash listeners will know that I have a grading system for every player that comes through UTSA. Mm-hmm. I will call them a cornerstone, a standout, a contributor, or a bust. So guys that were busts didn't make the list. Some guys that were just contributors made the list. I think anyone that's a standout or a cornerstone is on here. So we're, we're, we're trying to be a little bit more selective and not just include every single player that's ever come through UTSA from the 2.0. Because um, I think it's more fun that way, first and foremost. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I think uh, we've nailed. And, and most of the list consists of standouts. I think only a couple contributors are actually on yeah. the list itself. Yeah, I think you're right. And so really good job there. Yeah, so, thank you. Uh, this is why I obsessively maintain these crazy spreadsheets so I can whip together stuff like this and not have it take hours. Yeah, I got a nice peek at one of Jared's spreadsheets. I'm actually scrolling through it now still, and it's just... I mean, it's, it's fire, man. It's fire. It's I'm not, I, I am not gonna. It's jaw dropping. On it's it jaw dropping. Yeah, uh, I'm shocked. So, okay, then. So let's jump into it. Uh, we'll go through our skill positions, and then we'll go through our linemen as far as what our draft pool sure. looks like. Sure. And so yeah, set, set the scene before we start the draft. I think we'll make it more interesting to the listener. We've got eight guys at skill position, mm-hmm. and remember four each and then we've got six guys at the lineman spots uh three each so mm-hmm. start at the top we'll start with the names that everybody knows right and that's the all-time skill position greats here at utsa yeah first guy on the list sincere mccormick obviously gonna be a top selection uh you know leading rusher in program history mr mr converse judson himself what do we really need to say about this here? And anyone listening to this knows who Cincinnati McCormick is. Yeah, I think that's a safe to say. Greatest running back in UTSA history. The the title holder of just about every single rushing record in program history. 
um, CUSA MVP, championship MVP, uh, just unbelievable. And uh, sincere McCormick hats off to the guy. Yeah, well, we 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 all know the moments, the the absolutely fine yeah. moments that he brought to us as a fan base over the last three seasons. But before there was sincere, there was another Converse Jetson running back who is nearly as good as Jarvion Williams. Jarvion, who famously I think chose UTSA over FAU like at signing week mm. and helped lead UTSA to the first bowl game, right? So Jarvion walked the first. So sincere could fly. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly. It took the words right out of my mouth. The very first 1,000 yard rusher in UTSA history. Jarvion Williams, wow, paved the way for Sincere McCormick. I mean, you could you could say it was was essential in laying down the Converse UTSA pipeline. Yeah, and uh, that's absolutely fair. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, that thing has just been pumping full of fuel <laughs> ever since yeah. he laid it down. That's Jarvion Williams, the architect that uh, really set the scene. For UTSA, yeah, now. we hope it. We hope it continues. I, I love to see Jarvion on the coaching staff at some point too. I would love way. to see too. I love throwing that too. out there. Great guy, great um, human, fantastic uh, podcast guest. But even before Jarvion, there was another running back from Converse. Wow. I think he went to Wagner. David Glasgow held a lot of the records for UTSA running backs before Jarvion came around. That's right. That's the right, young man. guys may not know David. But you got to give him his his due, man. He uh, he was a fantastic running back for UTSA, and uh, definitely one that the old heads will will respect and cherish for many years to come. David Glasgow, the Glass Show, unbelievable to watch, gave us some of the most electrifying moments in UTSA's very infancy. 2011 inaugural season 2012 2013 as we moved up the conference ranks this guy kept delivering as the competition got better mm -hmm. those highlight electrifying moments david glasgow man so unbelievable to watch running the ball just just a, a bowling ball a brick house back there 510 200 pounds coming down field uh really really versatile could just lay it down and just run guys over. He could make some moves. He was fast. He was super quick. God, he was great to watch and just have very fond memories of being a student at UTSA, uh, learning to love my university football program on the heels of David Glasgow. Yeah. The man. Yeah. Same here. I, I think David is one of the first guys that I was like a, a personal, like individual fan of as a player. You were calling his name. He was one of the very first names that UTSA fans called yeah, to get the ball, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't he, know. He, he may have been the yeah, first yeah. one. Yeah, he may have been the first one. Yeah, second down, third down. Give it to Glasgow. Give it to right on goal line right. stands. That was who people were shouting for. And I think David Glasgow, yeah, might be the guy to, to really earn that. The very first name that was really called for by the fans when UTSA was in the huddle. Unbelievable. Yeah. Next up is a guy that I, I feel strongly might be the only player from the original 18 who could still like if you were to take that player at that time and, and tra time travel him into the season uh, that could still start for UTSA. And that's Stephen Kerfish. Um, probably a name that younger fans that weren't in school uh, for the original season probably have never heard or, or don't know. Jared, uh, even Kirk ones that even ones that were there during those years. Sure. I don't know if everyone would really recognize Kerfish's name, which they right. should. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think he was really underappreciated even at the time, right? Because I don't think UTSA fans knew how rare strong inside linebacker play. Right, is, right, right. Way to say that. Exactly. Griffish is still one of the few inside linebackers we've ever had who can run sideline to sideline. And, and you know, I, I guess that he probably looked better given the competition he was playing against, but his raw speed still popped, you know, compared to a lot of the guys that have come through that position for UTSA throughout the years. Um, oh yeah. So it, do anytime we can talk a little Stephen Kerfish, we got to do it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he absolutely deserves it. Um, the guy was all conference in the WAC. Honorable mention all conference CUSA. Uh, the dude was really a machine and a huge lunch pail guy. You know, did mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that didn't show up, mm-hmm. but was a huge hustle player, hard worker, and had a good nose for the football. Uh, really, like one of those forgotten heroes for UTSA mm-hmm. football. So Stephen Kerfish will always get his just due here at Alamo Audible. That's right. Next up is another running back, Brendan Brady, a guy who never put together that full season that showed his true potential, but just yeah. flashed it year in and year out. And he yeah. was always there when the Roadrunners needed to depend on back to get a carry. It's hard. Hard. You know, Brendan Brady was really a freaking warrior for this team for so long really did everything sacrificed his whole body for the squad and was a huge leader and a captain inside that locker room at practice huddles and look man he whenever he was in there you really saw those flashes and he did a lot for us but this is that one this is that one you know you can't you, he, he just got contributor role on your ranking right jared i think so and I think that's fair. I don't know if you can yeah. give him standout just because he got dealt a bad hand. He's, yeah, with the injuries he's hurt so much. And then, you know, Sincere took away so many snaps because Sincere was so good. Would you uh, take issue with someone taking issue with Brandon Brady being on this list? I would say yes, but I would say also come and talk to me in five years. Mm. You know what I mean? Recency kind of. bias. Recency bias. Okay. Yeah. Next up, we got our first current player, I guess, other than Frank, our, our all-time quarterback, uh, right. safety, Rashad Wisdom. Got to be on there. Yep. Got to be on there. Rashad's story is still being told, so I don't know if we want to spend too much time kind of talking about his career, uh, but he's already cemented himself as a UTSA great, and um, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of UTSA safeties. <laughs> An automatic all-conference selection uh, dude is all over the place. Uh, some of the most mm-hmm. fantastic defensive moments we've had. He's been a captain for this defense. Uh, shot of wisdom, man. Mm-hmm. Not Another guy that I think was underrated or underappreciated at the time, um, Austin Jupe. So there's a, there's a Baylor transfer from East Huge. Central. Yeah, he uh, I think only played two seasons at UTSA, saw his first one. Uh, but just a really strong cornerback that that teams avoided, right? He he generated a lot of respect from opposing quarterbacks and opposing offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know this this might be a bold take, but I think he might have been the first um, of UTSA's like kind of bigger body cornerbacks, right? I feel like throughout the Coker years, the average UTSA corner was like five foot nine, and okay. Jupe was like a well built six foot six one, and and had the length to kind of hold receivers at bay and, and make up when he got beat. Um, so I think Jupe is a guy that could certainly play on these teams today and 
Uh, hell, he probably start this year. There's a starting position open. Yeah, that's I fair. I mean, we still don't really have those in. towers at safety. I don't know if we've ever really had those towers at safety. Uh, uh, corner. But, I mean, I mean at, at corner. Yeah. And 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 Jupe, I think, is a fantastic pick here because it's just one of those. It's just one of those names. The guy was a was an absolute monster for those two seasons that he was here. And yeah, gained a lot of respect from other coaching staffs. Guys did not want to go up against Jupe. Yeah, he was pretty automatic when it came to shutting receivers down and uh, did a hell of a lot of work for this program during a, you know, a couple seasons where we had some wins. We were kind of tailing off there in 2017. Um, he was one of the bright spots of, of that squad. Mm -hmm. Squad that went to the first bowl game. Yeah. Next up is a guy that's always going to be near and dear to my heart. That's Brandon Armstrong. You know, the the little number five who could one mm. still one of the most dynamic athletes we've seen touch the ball at UTSA. Uh, you know, so much speed and in such a small uh <laughs> body, I guess you could say. Five um, six, five six, man. Yeah. Hardly I mean, 150 pounds out of Roosevelt. Is, is he sincere McCormick? Is he Jarvion Williams? No, but uh he is a huge X factor and he was so much fun to watch. Yeah. Roosevelt is he our only player from Roosevelt just off the top uh, of your head maybe so I think so if I had a guess I would say yeah uh next up another current player we kind of debated if if he's done enough to get on this list uh especially for a seven on seven team but I think the answer is yes that's Oscar Cardenas it has to be he's got two of the most memorable catches in program history how could you keep him off <laughs> how could you keep him up how can you keep him off? I mean, you know, there's there's a certain fans that are ready for an Oscar statue for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. And very, very fair. Very fair. He's, he's yeah. shown up in all of the biggest moments. He's been unbelievably reliable. <laughs> he's a workhorse at blocking. He always knows his assignment, and he never, ever misses it. Catches every single ball that is thrown at him. One-handed, unbelievable catching ability. Uh, he's, he's, he's truly a great, great tight end. UTSA, you talk about the Mount Rushmore of safeties, how about the Mount Rushmore of tight ends? Oscar Dennis is on it. Uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal mm -hmm. moments from Oscar. And it, the body of work is also there. It's not just the two most important game-winning plays of right. all time. Yeah, it's not it's like the he's a body of work outside of those plays. Yeah. Week in and week out, Oscar gets it done, right. bro. And I have seen military academy defenders ball up and shrivel up and get scared in their footsteps when this dude has the ball and is running downfield they want no part of trying to touch trying to tackle make contact with the locomotive the san antonio car bomb that is oscar cardenas what i'm hearing is oscar is more intimidating than isis is that correct you gotta watch out dude you better watch out when oscar's got the ball i wouldn't want to be in front of that all right, last skill position player, another throwback for the old heads. And I remember the original 18, Mauricio mm. Sanchez, man. Yes. Uh, fir first UTSA Roadrunner that was fluent in Spanish. Fun fact. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, we we were about to record a podcast with Mauricio like before last football season started. And our timelines just got out of control. We still owe him an appearance on the podcast. We're going to get him on at some point. Uh, he's now a coach at uh, Sotomayor High School, I think is the new high school that's opened up in San Antonio. So it'd be really cool to hear his perspective of starting a new program um, as someone who started a new program at the, at the college level. 
out of his own city, right? You know, yep. a guy went to Warren High School, and he was a beast on the high school level, right? Yep. Came to UTSA, put in the work, put in the hours underneath Coker, always performed whenever it came to him, and identified absolutely perfect with uh, the personality of this city. Mauricio mm-hmm. Sanchez, the man, dude, uh, we got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Well, get was him he a three-year starter or two-year starter? So he started 11, 12, and 14. Yeah, three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember it was always a huge drop-off when Sanchez left the field, too. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. He was on a different level. Yeah, he had, he had, he had a different motor. Mm-hmm. Big time. Okay, so uh, we're gonna do the lineman now. First up, another way throwback. A lot, even people that were around at the time have probably forgot this name. But Marlon Smith is still, I believe, the single season sack record holder at UTSA. Wow, is that so, Jerry? I'm pretty sure. I think Clarence Six might have got him, might have gotten him. But if if he did, Marlon Smith is only one sack behind. I think. That's so. Yeah, six foot six, like only two hundred pounds. String bean. He was a basketball player at St. Mary's. Boy transferred over to UTSA to try his hand at football, and then he went on to have a very long and successful career in the Canadian Football League. That's right. One of the names that uh, have lo- been lost to Roadrunner lore outside of Alamo Audible. Oh my goodness, man! Can't even see his freaking stuff anywhere. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, dude. It's 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 hard to find some of that stuff from the early years, man. We we gotta do what we can to preserve that history. All right. Next up is a San Francisco 49er. One of the best uh rookie offensive linemen in the NFL, Spencer Buford, four-year starter at UTSA. Wow. Uh, I want to say I think he was the first four-star. I think he had a, a four-star on rivals or ESPN or something like that. And he delivered, man. He was every bit as good as his his rating was. And um, just seemed like he got better at UTSA, even though he was amazing as a freshman. And it's just rare to see. Yeah, that. I don't. I don't know if we'll ever have another Spencer Buford. To be honest with you, really, whenever we didn't have any pieces on that line either, and when yeah. and he was just a freshman and came out and was like an anchor immediately. Yeah, and uh, you knew right away he was going to be something really special. I'm surprised we were able to hold on to him for as long as we did. Right, uh, Cody Harris, um, another name that a lot of people probably don't recall. Cody was a uh, starting left tackle for, I think, two, three, four seasons in the Coker years, very early on. Wow. Uh, I think, yeah, he was the best um, off the tackle that UTSA had for a really long time. Um, just very, very solid. Good yeah, he was size. all conference a couple times. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of looking back. It's like, it's kind of crazy to see UTSA was able to get him considering what the program was like at the time. Like, how did that guy not go to Rice or, you know, uh, Louisiana Tech or something like that and came to take a chance on UTSA in town? Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, next up, another defensive lineman is Shad Mabry. Ooh. Originally signed to Oklahoma State, came to UTSA, had a massive career, had a little bit of action at the NFL level and mm-hmm. is now a high school coach in San Antonio. Just uh, still one of the burliest guys I've ever seen. <laughs> say, man, God was a unit. Yeah, a unit, an absolute unit, a beast. Uh, all conference a couple times here. Dude was a total monster. He was incredible to watch, Sean Mabry. And uh, a machine. So strong. So strong. Week out. <laughs> yeah, an absolute machine. 
Yeah, love that. Love that name. Yep. Uh, here's here's another name going way back. Man, way way back. Oof. Patrick Hoog. Who? What? So Patrick was another Oklahoma State transfer, but he was actually at Oklahoma State for like three years. So he came to UTSA before like grad transfers were a thing. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, before the transfer portal. So I think like he came to UTSA, he had to sit out a year and then he was like an immediate one year starter at offensive tackle for UTSA and just dominated. I mean, he was, I think he was like, I don't know if it, him or maybe was first, but like the first real instant impact power five transfer that UTSA had. And I remember at the time just thinking like, man, if UTSA could get three to five of these guys every year that get homesick or whatever, they want to transfer back home. Sky's the limit. You know, six, and in some ways that panned out, in some ways it didn't. Six four, three hundred pounds, just a massive unit. Yeah, that yeah, was like a hoss. one of the only real true hogs of that caliber that we had during that Coker era. Uh, yeah, because keep in mind, I mean, UTSA was playing like really young guys on the offensive line every year, just out of necessity. Sure. And then you have Patrick come in and he's like a grown man with a grown beard. man. Like he looks like he's got a mortgage and two kids. Dude, a um, thousand percent. How are you looking at this picture right now? Dude, the mileage that Patrick Coog had already seen before he stepped on <laughs> UTSA. Incredible, man. That was a oh, battle yeah. tested dude. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> that's so funny, man. <laughs> the facial hair. <laughs> Shout out to Castroville. Yeah, that's so, yeah. so college kid scruff right there. Yeah. Yep. And he uh is now a lawyer, according to the State Bar of Texas. Wow. What up, Patrick? Yeah. yeah. And then last but of course not least, one of the greatest in UTSA history, Marcus Davenport, mm-hmm. of course. The Marcus Davenport. Um taken by New Orleans Saints 14th overall. In the 2018 NFL Draft, the very first first-round pick in UTSA history, Mr. Marcus Davenport, an absolute machine while he was here at UTSA. Yep. And we really saw him grow over the years because freshman year Marcus, sophomore year Marcus was just a baby, just an infant compared Mm -hmm. to what junior and senior year Marcus was. I mean, freshman year Marcus, he was just another guy on the team, you know. He did well, some I, stuff. I, I he was all over the place. He was involved, yeah, but... Freshman, sophomore year, he he could make some havoc in the backfield against the pass, right? He was right. a pass rush specialist. He had, he was junior, senior year, he dominated. He shut down entire side of the field for the offense. You saw him transform. He became a monster, man. He was He was a good utility guy. On the pass rush, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, yeah, a shut down defensive end. Wow, mm-hmm. Marcus Davenport, incredible. Yeah. Well, I do want to take a quick pause to do some Patreon shout outs. It's going to be a little bit longer this week, so bear with us. We had a huge explosion of new Patreon subscribers. Mm. Uh, reason being, Adrian had an explosive Patreon exclusive podcast to talk about the horrid state of UTSA's men's basketball program. There's uh, some clips There's some clips going around Twitter if you want to sneak peek, right? I think those are easy enough to find. You want um, to talk about explosive, buddy. My boy Jared got a Molotov cocktail and doused this whole thing. And 
incredible stuff. Yeah. And uh, hey, we appreciate the support. I think it was worth the sign up just to hear that. Uh, that I think episode. so. I yeah. think so. I mean, even even if you cancel after a month, I think the five bucks are, are worth that rant alone. It's <laughs> it's rare for us to um to get so I guess overwhelmed with uh, yeah. You know, we we try to stay like nice and even keel and objective and all that. But come on, man. Sometimes you gotta call a spade a spade, and this thing is the foot's gotta get be, put it's down beyond rock bottom, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, first off, it's rare for us to pick up as many new subscribers outside of football season. So we really appreciate that. But it's also rare for us to get this much attention for basketball in general. And I think that shows that there's still a lot of passion and interest for the program, even if it feels like the fan base has become so apathetic to basketball. Um, I think that we kind of tapped into some latent emotion and intensity and fervor point. it's a good point people wanted a conduit for right and i think it felt good to to give that to the people because i think people felt seen and heard in a way that they've not felt seen and heard by the utsa athletics administration and what does that also mean it means that people still care about utsa basketball and they're still passionate about utsa basketball despite its woes right exactly so we have a lot more basketball coverage on our website. We had a couple blog posts go up recently uh, that you guys can check out. Um, and then if you didn't check out that podcast on Patreon, definitely go do so. It's linked on alamoaudible.com as well. So without further ado, thanks to all of our new subscribers who signed up recently. That includes Cameron Brewer, Chad Wall, Alejandro Palacios. Oh, man. Oh, wait, Palacios. He's, already been, he's already been on. He already made fun of me. Palacios. Palacios. Jeremy Bender, Stacy G, Joe, and John Chavez. So thank you guys all so much. We hope that you'll stick around throughout the offseason and into football season. Uh, we had another Patreon bonus episode go up this week, and uh, that was Dan's interview with Ryan Proudfoot, former UTSA pitcher uh, who's now a pastor in San Antonio, and got some really good stories um, about his time at UTSA. So we're doing those kind of like, where are they now? Uh, for the baseball program, definitely um, mm-hmm. awesome. Incredible. If you're a long time UTSA baseball fan, but as always, I want to say thank you to our big money donors who keep this operation going. That includes Ben Tobar, Rick Cortez of Ready Road Grillers, the Bunch Family, Zach Espedacueta and the San Antonio Podcast Network, Brandon Padron, the Fights Family, and our board of trustees members: Digi Teak, John Albo, Lino Perez of Los Dos Rowdies Tailgating, Gary and Ruben representing the UTSA Bird Gang Tailgate. Ray Redding and Mimi Peril. Thanks, Ray, for the new koozies. Check out their new designs. They're so freaking cool. She, he pulled them out. And my wife was like, I want that. I want that koozie right there. <laughs> it's a beauty, all um, right. Yeah, it was good stuff. Brandon Grill in the Grill Realty Group and Andy Elizalde in the Proficient Benefit Solutions. Thank you guys all for your continued support. Um, Adrian, I'm kind of ready for a cumbia break if you are. Please play that music. All right, let's do it. we're back i think it's time to get this draft started i'm ready let's do this 
we got to have some San Antonio names for our teams, right? Oh, man, this is tough right here. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, right. We need to have some proper 2-1-0 titles for each of these teams. I want my team to win in the trenches. So I'm going to go with Los Gordos. <laughs> Los Gordos. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I was kind of thinking, and I don't know if my draft will actually play out this way, but I'm searching for the guys that are outside of the outer loop. And so I was trying to think of like a tie-in to 1604 to outer loop to suburbs like the hill country or yeah i was i was thinking hill country route how about the, the hill country hellraisers i like hillside hillside hellraisers okay how about that lock that in yeah hillside hellraisers i don't know it sounds like bandera maybe we should pull colt <laughs> cole hubble <Yeah>. back in <laughs> i don't know not not according to our geography test yeah yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. How, how, uh. Should I just let you pick first? Should we do rock paper scissors? What, oh what man, no. This is this isn't right. Uh. There's no way to like flip a coin virtually. Sure. I mean, and get that. We'll we're on video. That. The people won't know if we're lying, but I will. Okay. Um. Oh, I wish we had a football. We could play laces or spaces. <laughs> oh, man, that's a real throwback. I don't have one in here, I don't think. I don't think I have a football in here either. I'm uh, I used it. to have like a little commemorative mini Yeah, football. even like a little foam guy. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Toss All right, I'll air. flip a coin, though. Okay, you flip it, and I'll call it. Okay, I've got the coin here. Um, we've got heads. Um, I guess that's uh, George Washington. And then we got tails. It is uh, Ellis Oops. Island. Oh, beauty! Okay, all, all right. right, all right. Uh, call it in the air, I guess. I mean, got sure. it. So I'm, I'm gonna catch it, then I'm gonna slap it on my hand like a referee, right? The right way, yeah. Tails. Uh, tails, it is Ellis. Oh, Island. come on! You always gotta go tails, guys. You always gotta go tails on the coin toss. I'm telling you. I tell this to my wife. It's always tails. I agree. Okay, well, we both got our quarterback, Frank Harris. Who is your first selection on your seven-on-seven seven team? I mean, I hate to be, like, so generic and regular, but you'd be stupid to not take Sincere McCormick with the number one overall pick. Yeah. Him and Frank Harris in the backfield. Uh, he's uh, taking the pitch. He's taking the handoff. He's even getting out there and catching some balls on some fun routes. So, And uh, and he's getting in front and, and blocking for Frank, too. So he's yeah, keeping him protected fair. back there, yeah. So, that's fair. That's fair. I gotta go. I gotta um, go with the basic pick. Yeah, I got. I got it. I got it. Woo! So I think the thing is, you got to keep in mind that you got to play both ways. There's some guys have a harder time picturing playing on the other side of the ball. I knew you were going this way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think my pick is going to surprise you because I'm going to go with Rashad Wisdom as my first pick. Oh, that's beautiful. He's a two-way guy 100 he's a true two-way guy you could put him at running back right now this season and he would rush for 550 no problem the two-way skill position guy yeah and then a seven on seven game where you're drawing up plays on the back of your hand in a huddle Rashad is going to have the vision and the football IQ to like see what's going on and make a play on the ball 
So I think like for overall impact on both sides, Rashad is, is a pretty solid pick. So you've changed the way I'm thinking about things. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have revealed my strategy until the end. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how good all these guys are on both sides of the ball. You know what I mean? It's a gamble. Like, yeah. I like to think that maybe certain names can do things, but I don't know that they can. And I feel better about other names being able to play both ways, but they're not necessarily who I pick like with my top yeah. picks, you know? And this know. is how I feel like when I show up at the park for pickup basketball and I got, I get picked early cause I'm six foot three. And then they watch me take a layup and they're like, Oh damn it. <laughs> Because <laughs> you just don't know, you uh, you know, until you get you them on the field. Yeah. You just don't know. I don't know. Um, it's another Hollywood pick, but I think Marcus Davenport can also be effective on offense, uh, playing at a tight end position. Yeah. Well, that's a question that, that I wanted to ask you, and I should have clarified before. So I our, feel our... better about Marcus Davenport playing tight end than I do. Oscar Cardenas playing defensive end. And so that's why I went with Marcus Stafford. But I kind of wanted a utility in play. I kind of wanted a guy on the end that could get back there and sure. cause some havoc on our sure. Frank Harris, yeah. cause havoc on Mr. Frank Harris. Um, and Frank, and Marcus Davenport's the, the one to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask, are, are linemen uh, like eligible receivers? I think your I think your end. I think, I think who's ever playing on the end absolutely should be. Okay, so, so five. Si- okay, that that actually is how seven on seven works. I think like your center is only snapping, right? But you can have guys run routes. I think and typically I you have like two guys stay home, and maybe you'll have one guy run a route. But yeah, I'm not sure. You, you even have three or four guys stay home. Yeah, I feel good about that. I feel good about that. I feel yeah. good about Marx's ability to to get involved. And then the other thing is, you know which one of the receivers can make a tackle because Frank Harris is going to get out there to the edge. He's going to be able to escape this pass rush with his feet. <laughs> Who's going to step up and get Frank down once he yeah. breaks past the the first level, the second yeah. level. Fair enough. Touche. Well, I'm going to go ahead with my second selection. Um, I all do respect Rashad's offensive abilities, but I need a dynamo with the ball in his hand. Uh, but I'm also going with another guy that, has serious two-way potential and that's Jarvion Williams. Ah, big time two-way guy. I think he played safety in high school. I think that's how he ended up at UTSA because he had limited film at running back, but he really want to play running back. All right, Adrian, number three. Number three, I think I'm going to go with Brennan Brady is my two-way guy. And it came down between him and Glasgow, but I'm assuming a fully healthy Brady. Yeah, that's fair. So give me a fully healthy Brendan Brady. I think he does a lot both ways. I really like this pick. I was going to try to grab Brady as a sleeper pick later in the draft because I think he's a guy that excels in the backyard football format because he can throw a pass. (laughs) He can catch a ball. He can punt. We've seen him. We've seen him do all like of you those can things. draw like you can draw up these crazy plays and Brennan's gonna execute them. I really yeah. like that pick. That's strong. Okay. Um, so now I feel like I need to make my presence felt in the trenches because I have not selected a lineman yet. And I'm gonna go with sheer athleticism here, and I'm gonna take Spencer Buford. Um, have we ever seen him like run out and catch up a ball or 
rush the passer. No, but we've seen the way that he moves in space when he's like on a pool block and stuff like that. Um, and the way he's built, I mean, he's a great athlete. I think he'll find a way to make an impact on both sides of the ball. A great pick. I kind of want another hog myself. I'm going to Shad Mabry. Yeah. And I'm starting to really feel uh, a little bit better about my trenches. Okay. Shorten it up. I guess I'm a little you, heavy on defense. I don't have any like true. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I mean, I think out of all the defensive linemen, Mabry is like the clear offensive line potential. And yeah, a thousand percent. Yes. And I also right. feel like I trust a defensive lineman to block more than I trust an offensive lineman to tackle, especially in a seven on seven situation. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, guess, I think it's probably the right call. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think this might be an upset pick. Maybe, maybe I'm going a little early on this one and I could have got him later, uh, but I'm going to go with Austin Jupe for my fourth pick. Ooh, no, that's a killer pick, dude. That's a two way defensive back and receiver. Yeah, man. Well, and he's just got the legit four, four speed and he's got the size. I think he's the fastest guy on this list. Yeah. Straight. And like on, on a 40 yard dash, I bet Jupe does win that contest. Yeah. Over sincere. Yeah. Are his hands awful? Like our former players listening to this, and like laughing because he had like the worst hands on the team. I don't know. Maybe. But it's just backyard football. Like, come on. Yeah. I like to think yeah. he's got some hands on him. Yeah, I like to think yeah. he makes yeah. I think like think makes some plays. Yeah, man. And I really need a dynamic playmaker now. You know, I think Brennan is pretty dynamic. I think Sincere's dynamic, but I don't really know who I want Glasgow. Give me David Glasgow. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say you're starting to get low on options. Because David Glasgow, because David Glasgow's got the speed to break out for a deep for a deep ball. And, and that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I, I need someone that can go out there and, and run a little fade for Frank. Quick little corner out, too. Yeah, give me Glasgow for that action. Hmm, I'm not sure what direction I want to take for my next pick. But something is telling me to go defense here. And I'm going to take Stephen Kerfish. I, I, I do struggle to see where he fits in on the offensive side of the ball. I think maybe that tight end position matched up with Marcus might be the best. Oh, yeah, maybe. That would be fun. That would be fun to watch, right? Okay, so I've got two linemen. And I've got three skill positions. Is that right? Yes. So I got one more lineman. I got one more skill position. You've got, okay. 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 Well, that might change things up a little bit. Well, keep in mind too, that you do have the flex player that you can rotate in and out. I thought we both had a flex. Right. But I'm just saying like, you can still take an an additional lineman if you wanted to. So I really like who's still on the skill positions list. So I think I got to go lineman here because I'm okay with my last pick either way, whoever I end up with. Yeah. So now I've really kind of got to be smart about who's left on this lineman list. And uh, dude, I think that guy's Cody Harris. Damn it. That was my <laughs> <one> pick. <laughs> I think Cody Harris has got to oh, fill up. Fill There's nothing team. worse than like doing it after and you're like, oh, I'm about to pick this sleeper that no one else is going to pick. And I needed the taken. offensive tackle. <laughs> 
that is, I think, the steal of the draft for me is Cody Harris. Uh, that was it. Might be man. It might be. It really beefs me up. Oh jeez, dude. I gotta. I only have one lineman right now. Is Buford. Well, I guess so. To kind of by default, you get the last two linemen, right? So really, you should yeah. probably you should probably pick the skill position that you want. Yeah. I think I got to take Brandon Armstrong. I could just see him like Ooh. causing complete havoc in this like backyard seven on seven format because he's just yeah. going to have the breakaway speed and the elusiveness, right? He's so hard to take down the open field. Here's why I hate you. <laughs> because this, Jared, was not a decision that I wanted to be required to have to make. Oh, no. <laughs> But Mauricio Sanchez versus Oscar Cardenas for, you know, Latino last name, UTSA football supremacy, dog. Damn. Oscar's got the moments. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he's going to make the game winning catch in this game, right? No matter what team he's on. But Sanchez is going to be that center fielder on defense, too. That's going to bail you out once someone gets open. Sanchez might really be like the illest two-way dude on this list. Like top <sighs> top three, two. We're talking about two-way ability. Something about Sanchez is screaming that to me. Though I feel it would be so disrespectful to Oscar's moments and Oscar's legacy that he's built. <laughs> Right down the street from UTSA, Brandeis High School alum came over and put the freaking city on his back in the Alamo Dome, brought us a title. But I got to think seven on seven. I got to think two-way ability. I think Mauricio probably has the leg up on him on the speed. I think I've already kind of got a few guys that fit Mar- uh, Oscar Cardina's profile on my roster mm-hmm. already, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, because you, you said you were going to play Marcus as like a flex tight end. So I think Mauricio Sanchez has to be my guy. Yeah. I think that's the right call, to be honest with you. So I'm trying to figure out, like, how I should draft because you can't take any alignment. Wait. Well, I, I guess we Oscar. Have four and four. Wait. We have to have three linemen and four skill players and then one bench player of your choosing. That can be anyone. Oh, that's right. I'm really stuck between Hoog and, and Marla Smith for my last lineman. I feel like you have a particular affinity for both of those guys. Yeah. Makes but which guy's better sense. for the format of this game, of this exercise? It's got to be Marlon, right? Marlon Smith is a highly celebrated CFL career. I mean, the guy is probably extremely utilitarian. Utility. Yeah. I, I'm going to pick him because of his basketball background, I think makes him a candidate to excel in this kind of backyard kind of game. Like I his like, leaping ability and all that. I like that. I like it. I like the Marlon Smith pick a lot right there. Okay. So you get to pick the first uh, like flex player. Your options are Patrick Coog or Oscar Cardenas. Damn. So who comes in and flexes at the lineman position? Yeah. And I only really got three hogs up there, but you need somebody that 
can go and give your skill positions, I think, some rest. I think that's more important for me. But here's the other thing. I would love to see the Oscar Cardenas, Mauricio Sanchez matchup on the seven on seven. I think those two guys pitted against each other man on man would be unbelievable to watch. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of me having the deepest team, I've got to go with Oscar Cardenas. It's, it wouldn't feel right for Oscar to be, uh, what do they call the NFL, uh, Mr. Irrelevant? Yeah. <laughs> but no I, I don't think Patrick Green would take offense to being the last selection and, you know, a, a UTSA backyard basketball or backyard football draft. Right, right. I think sure. he would understand that given where the program's come since he played and, and all that good stuff. That's a good so, call. I'm going to run through the final lineups real quick okay. for my Los Gordos. We've got Rashad Wisdom, Jarvion Williams, Spencer Buford, Austin Jupe, Stephen Kerfish, Brandon Armstrong, Marlon Smith, Patrick Hoog. Solid. That's a solid. For, for Adrian's solid. Hillside Hellraisers, he's got Sincere McCormick, Marcus Davenport, Brandon Brady, Ashad Mabry, David Glasgow, Cody Harris, Mauricio Sanchez, Oscar Cardenas. Beefy. Damn, that's beefy. Okay. So matchup wise, who's pitted against who across the field? <laughs> um, I feel like Sincere and Jarvion are, are going head to head. Has to be. That. Has to be. Then I think you got Marcus Davenport and Marlon Smith lined up. Ooh. I think. What do you do? No, like Brandon Austin, Armstrong, Ju- Armstrong, David Glasgow. Yeah, that checks out. Okay, Armstrong and Glasgow. You can maybe put Sanchez on Armstrong as well. Oh. You would Austin, Austin Juppé and Brendan Brady, maybe? I think that checks out. I was thinking Sanchez on Kerfish. That makes sense, yeah. I will go Sanchez on Kerfish. Glasgow mm-hmm. on Armstrong, Brandon Armstrong, right? And then we just have linemen left, Davenport, right? Marlon Smith, McCormick, Williams. Okay, yeah. Now we've got the linemen, so that's kind of tough, right? That's really the beefier matchups, honestly. Dude, Spencer Buford versus the Sean Mabry sounds intense. Like Godzilla War. battle. Godzilla Mothra, oh, yeah. <laughs> Buildings are crumbling. For sure. Um, I want to lock that one. that one in. I want to lock that one in. Um, That's great. And then That's Patrick, great. that leaves Patrick Hugh against Cody Harris, right? It would have to be. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it would be Davenport and um, Marlon Smith. Marlon Smith, yeah. Yeah. We did good, Adrian. We did real good. That's that's a beauty. Wow. Yeah, so, so many, uh players let us know. Tweet at us. Tweet at us and let us know if you if you got Los Gordos or if you got the Hillside Hellraisers in this contest. Yeah, we can put the roster, we can screenshot the rosters here and put them out. And we'll put the and then we can yeah. put the matchups up too. Yeah. And then Good stuff. Jared will f- uh, finish his simulation coding and we'll be able to watch it in real time. Also, yep. if any players are interested in actually getting this real San Antonio legacy game, so we will not cover the medical expenses. 
we would love to see it happen though maybe you guys could get that text thread going and uh, we'll be there to cover it for damn sure. That'd be awesome. We could do like two hand touch, maybe. So guys aren't killing each other. I just can't see this group settling for that with one another. So yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So there were some guys that barely missed the nomination pool. I before we sign off, I do want to give them some honorable mentions. I think the toughest one to leap off was Crosby Adams because he's got that two way ability. He was a really really good cornerback for a long time at UTSA. Um, earlier, I made mention that most of the cornerbacks back then were five foot nine and Crosby was the epitome of that. Like he was, Ugh. he was small, but he was so fast and, and yes. really skilled. Um, Aaron Holmes didn't have like a crazy productive career at UTSA, but he was, um, a really dependable receiver, uh, back then when they were rotating like 10 receivers in and out of every game, you know, Holmes had great size and he was a really good blocker as well. Um, so that was a guy that was hard to leave off. Uh, Brandon Madison still playing at UTSA, but mm-hmm. he's a guy that I could see playing on the interior of the offensive line. And of course we know he's an excellent defensive lineman. Um, and then Cody Rogers, another guy from Brandeis that, um, I have a hard time picturing him on offense to, to be fair, but, uh, at his defensive end slash linebacker position, he was fantastic. And, uh, I think he held like some tackle for loss records for a long time for UTSA really, really strong player. There's probably some other guys that we missed too. There's someone, there's someone important that you're forgetting. And he wasn't on the actual draft pool list, which might offend some people too, but that is Stevens High School's Kenny Bias, wide receiver. UTSA is at one point, actually maybe still the program's all-time leader. 18.8 yards per reception. I was going to say yards per catch. I was going to guess per that. catch, baby. Yeah. The big play machine, Kenny Bias. <laughs> He's not catching it if it's not, yeah. if it's not 15 yards plus, baby. He don't want it. Yeah, bro. Kenny Bias, legend. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if you would be a standout on threat. Jared's uh, ranking, but he would certainly be on the contributor. He's a, he's a contributor on your ranking. He's a contributor. He is. He is. Yes. For us, as frustrated as that guy may be, right? time at UTSA, he's a Jared's clear never, Jared's never given Kitty Bias the respect he deserves on this podcast. <laughs> never. Yeah. <laughs> but well, Andrew, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we're at an hour, three minutes on my clock. It's probably Beauty. like an hour five when it's all published and stuff. So I think we did a good job of, of you know, putting a really big, beefy topic into a single podcast um so thank you for going on this journey with me uh best of luck to the hillside hellraisers and their theoretical battle against los gordos and thank you guys all for listening man we're we're continuing to pump out content i like made a little text document the other day of like our our calendar of podcasts for like the next three or four weeks and we're jamming them in man so stay tuned follow us on social media subscribe all that good stuff uh let us know what you want to hear uh, if you're a former player and you listen to this because someone sent it to you and you want to come on the podcast, holler at us, we can work it out. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys back next time. Mm-hmm.